Hello. Thank you again for joining me. I am Sandy Waters, and this is Neighbors in Need, and a very good friend uh, is back in with us. Elizabeth, you are on frequently. You're inspiring so many people to help with this, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to come in again with well, us. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for, for being such great champions for us and for um, organ donation in general. Um, this initiative, which was launched a little over three years ago, has just had such an incredible impact. Yeah. Um, our partners at Finger Lake Stone Recovery Network, our creative partners at, at Myers Creative Imaging, all of uh, the work that has been done and put together through this program and, and messaging, and then you using your, your platform and amplifying this through the community, um, we're really seeing some incredible results. So, Elizabeth Murray, Program Manager at Causewave Community Partners. You probably see it firsthand how beautiful this community is when it comes to, hey, help me spread the word about something. Absolutely. Yeah, we, um, you know, we when we started this initiative again three years ago, um, we looked at what, why are the, you know, what are the reasons that people are not joining the registry, the New York State Registry? Um, we knew that over 80% of New Yorkers are strongly in favor of organ donation, and yet at that time, it was about 28% of our population that was actually registered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, you know, New Yorkers have these huge hearts, and, and everybody um, really seemed to be in favor of, of it, and yet we had the discrepancy. And so um, as we've gone around the community and, and we've told these stories and, um, you know, people have learned more about organ donation, um, the the registry numbers have really shown that a little bit of advocacy can go a huge way. And now um, our partners at Finger Lakes are reporting that our region is at about 40 percent um, of a registry, which is a 12 percent increase in over in just three years. Wow. And again, it's it a community is. effort. And you're right. Talking more about it and, and educating ourselves about it probably is. I mean, who would say no to this when you hear these beautiful stories, which we're going to hear another one today from Karen. Thank you so much for coming in, Karen, a two-time kidney recipient um, and member of Team Finger Lakes for the Transplant Games, um, which we'll get more into. And I also want to introduce you to Amy James from the Finger Lakes Donor Recovery Network. Thank you so much. Could you coordinate also with all the tasks that you do? You also coordinate the transplant team for the finger. It's true. So what I love most about my job is all of the collaborations and all the different levels that we get to do that on from from Causewave all the way up to the Transplant Games of America. We are seeing such almost culture change over the past few years in our region coming to organ donation. Everything from our registry increases, which are phenomenal, to the number of stories that we have to share publicly to, you know, everything, uh, just families are asking for donation in the hospital more often than ever, which is an amazing difference. We appreciate it all. And it probably is, um, I don't want to say uneducated, but uneducated. Like we, we didn't really know what did it mean? What does it mean? You're going to what? You're going to take my organ? Wait a minute. What? You're going to cut me up? I mean, it's, right. you always think the most horrific scenarios. Well, which exactly right. And it's, it's that people don't like to think about dying. You know, right. that's kind of the bottom right. line, right? But the fact is that it's all, it's going to happen to all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so how, you know, we really encourage people making decisions, you know, whether it's donation or other end of life decisions, like just talk about it with your family because Our goal is to have those conversations way in advance because the worst time to have to think about these things is when your loved one has just passed and you're grieving. So let's just talk about it now and check it off the list. Tell your families what you want. Hear your family's wishes. Register if you're so inclined. 
But, you know, one person can save up to eight lives through organ donation and up to 75 more through tissue donation. It's kind of a beautiful thing. In the last time you were in Elizabeth with Nancy, she said your coworker, she said the yeah. same thing. Let's just get organized. Let's right. let's get it out on the table, have a family discussion. So then you feel like, okay, I don't have to worry about it. Check off the list. I feel planned and prepared. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll find that your family is probably most supportive of knowing your wishes as opposed yeah. to not knowing your wishes. So, And I think one of the things that we've seen that, um, you know, as, as we've talked to people, we're trying to identify what are the barriers or the reasons why people are not joining the registry. Um, and, and people will kind of self-select themselves and they'll say, oh, you know, I'm too old or I'm I'm overweight or I've been sick or all these different things. And, and one of the things that we like to say is that the registry is for everyone. Yeah. And so, you know, don't count yourself out. And then, then I think that when people are skeptical about that or, you know, we talked about last time. Um, if people think that their faith or their religion is preventing them. So we're looking at what are those barriers and how can we address those and provide people with really good, solid information so that they can make well-informed decisions so they can have the conversations with their families. Um, and then the next step of this, which I think is really interesting, and, and you know, I, Karen's going to weigh in on this, is um, to tell the stories of the recipients and to see how much uh, that gift of life can can do for a person. Um, when somebody receives the gift of life and, you know, we talk about Scott Hetzko as a, a local example of that, who's gone on and become a champion in our community for organ donation. The people who have received this gift have gone on to do amazing, incredible things, and they take each day as a blessing. And so when we talk about the transplant games, I don't think that there's a better example of um, people who have embraced this gift and have gone on and are doing incredible things uh, because someone, a family, a donor, was so generous with that gift. And that's what we need to focus on. Inform ourselves, like you said, with the <laughs> real facts. Yes. And instead of thinking about when I die, what's going to happen, it's who can I help live a healthier, stronger life and in just tweaking your mindset. And Karen, you are the, the perfect example of this. Can we learn a little bit about your story, a two-time kidney recipient? Certainly. Um, I... Got sick in my 20s, in my early 20s. It was culture shock for me. You know, you go from thinking that you are invincible invincible, yeah. invincible to finding out that you have 12% kidney function left. Wow. And that was 36 years ago. Now, did you know at any point growing up no. that there was any? Okay. No, nothing. Total shock. Total, it was total shock. It took a while. Um, I eventually had to go on dialysis. I was on dialysis for two and a half years, and then I got a call. It is the most amazing experience, and I've been working ever since to get people to sign organ donor cards. Um, it It's just you don't know what it is to not be healthy. You don't know what it it's like, I think. You're kept alive by a machine that you have to go to three times a week and, you know, you have fluid restrictions, you have all kinds of restrictions. It's keeping you alive, yes, but your quality of life is not the greatest, not the greatest. Especially for a 20-year-old. Yeah, you know, early 20s. And so I, when I was 30, I got a transplant. So right now, my first transplant was from a non-living person and that lasted for 26 years so way back when I was um, one of the few that got transplants 
at that point in time because back then it wasn't as well received as it is now. And my second one will be 10 years old coming um, in October. And I got that one from my brother. So I have been alive longer with other people's parts than I was with my own. And at that time when you were in, when you were 30 and you had your first transplant, at that point in time, did they allow you to connect with the family of, or was it? What you could do was you could write a letter to the social worker and they would deliver it, but I never heard. I actually got my first transplant in Pittsburgh, so that was a whole show, too, getting to Pittsburgh in time. Um, but I wrote several letters. they give them to the social workers, and you hope that somebody will, will yeah. you know, write you back or tell you a little bit about the person that has saved you. But I never got anything. But I know nowadays that um, people are more receptive to meeting their donors and I've known I've seen a lot of stories and it's just so emotional that it's it just gives you goosebumps and you just like want to cry don't you yeah I think one of the things that we you know really focus on is the fact that we've never had a donor family come back with regrets so even though you didn't hear back from your donor family your letters meant the world to them Mm -hmm. and that continuum of that conversation sometimes there's you don't hear back and sometimes you hear back 15 years later and you know, so it's just, it's, you know, it's beautiful that you were able to write that letter. And I know that that meant the world to them. I could so. imagine it would help in their healing process right. to know that a, you know, a part of your loved one is Living still on. alive. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And for 20, did you say 26 years? 26 That's years. amazing. I know. I'm <laughs> amazing. I really yeah. was beating the odds in the beginning. So wow. now it's a little bit more commonplace. Mm-hmm. When I first went, I know we're going to talk about the games a little bit, but I went to the first games in 1992, and there were 400 athletes there. And now we're going, and I don't know how many athletes. Well, the games take place every two years, and so uh, in 2016 we were in Cleveland, and there was 6,000 people there. Wow. Each with a connection and a story related to donation and transplantation, be it a living recipient, be it a deceased donor recipient being at a, a donor family, all there with the same messaging and the same mission and the connections that are made, Karen, is exactly, exactly amazing. And it's oh, one it of is. the experiences of my life where when I went, I thought I was a pretty good human being until I went to my first <laughs> transplant games. And I was like, wow, I've got some work to do. <laughs> and, you know, it's yeah. just like humbling isn't wow. even... A, a big enough word for the experience of being at so the games. The, tell me a little bit about these games. The people who participate in these games um, are all recipients, or is it? Sure. A- so they have everybody that's connected can come, but the actual athletes are the recipients and okay. the living donors. So they participate in the athletic events. Then there's also a whole section for donor families, and there's donor tributes and. And so all of the messaging of donation comes together at the games and the crowd, the stands are filled with people, um, you know, whether it's the donor families supporting recipients that they don't necessarily know, but it's the same story as their family's story of donation and transplant as well. So people kind of represent stories for people who haven't been able to connect, like our donor families will go to many events to support athletes, imagining that that's their loved ones 
yeah. gift, you know, participating and living on and living life to the fullest. So, right. And these games take place where this year, where we is are it? headed to Salt Lake City in August. A <laughs> <laughs> hundred so, degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Today a may be hot, up. but yeah. I, you know, we're just building up our hot <laughs> skills. That's yeah. right, our heat managing skills. Yes. So we have about 25 folks on Team Finger Lakes that are traveling to Salt Lake City oh, to participate in the games on different levels. And all different transplants. All different. You know, tra- we, we have, have hearts. All, all we the, have. We have kidneys, we kidneys, have livers, we have, we have, livers. have pancreas. Yeah. Yep. That's the first thing when you go to the games, too. Nobody asks you your name. They ask you what you have. <laughs> oh, what do you have? What do you have? Yeah. And what yeah. drugs you take? Yeah. Okay. And some yes. of the best T-shirts I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen are at the transplant games with creativity about organ transplants yes. and such. So. Now, Amy, you guys are going to you'll be there. And so we can kind of follow you um, and Absolutely. live vicariously through social media, right? Yes. So Finger Lakes Donor Recovery Network's Facebook page will be lighting up the first week in August with pictures and stories and emotions. Um, and we invite everybody to take part and join in on that. We'll have some great videos. There will be crying, I'm sure. A lot. Yeah, you know, that, that happens a lot there. But um, yes, please follow the, the stories of these amazing, brave athletes, donors, living donors, donor families. Um, it's an amazing thing. Now, if you're not sure, if you are an organ donor, if you're like, I don't know if I signed up, where what should we do? And it's even easier now, right? Right. Absolutely. So, um, you know, that was one of the things we identified is why aren't people registered if people we know that they're supportive. So um, up until recently, the uh, the system for registering in New York state was a, is a little bit more cumbersome than in other states. Um, but we now have this new online registry. And so people are able a real quick way to do it here is to go to pastlifeon.org. OK. Um, and that is the, the website that we use for the Past Life on Community Impact Initiative. Um, there's a, you know, enroll here button and people are directed to the online site. Um, Finger Lake Stone Recovery Network has events, though, where they're registering people all the time. Um, so they have pamphlets that they're able to register on the spot. And also at the DMV and our Monroe County DMV has been incredible, um, especially during the last couple of years and really has led to a lot of the increase in our region. And so there are multiple ways now that people can register, but with that new online registry with the ability for 16 and 17-year-olds, um, when they're so excited to go get their learner's permits, that's another way that has improved the system, which has led to these increased numbers. So okay. it's getting better. Um, the numbers are showing it. You know, the stories so like awesome. Karen's story, um, you know, Amy is going to the games and it's going to keep us up to speed on everything that's going on. But, you know, we just encourage people to have those conversations um, and one way that, that actually for those of us that are still going to be here in August and not traveling to the games, um, and Amy, you can help me out on this, but we have the, uh, every year in April, it's National Donate Life Month. And locally, there is a, a race or walker race that's held, but this year it had to be postponed and rescheduled because of the weather. Um, I believe it's August 5th it's is the August new 5th. date. Yep. So it's the Rochester River Run, which is a which is the largest uh, fundraiser for the Transplant Center at Strong. Um, and we, it was the ice. There was the one ice storm day in April when the race was supposed to happen. And obviously, for safety reasons, had to be postponed. But there will be another local gathering. Um, so while we're in Salt Lake City, you can come to Genesee Valley Park and participate in the Rochester River Run. Um, and you will see another whole group of recipients and, and people with connections to donation and transplant there supporting each other in the community. And, of course, the great transplant program at Strong. Wonderful. Well, thank you to all of you for everything that you do. Karen, thank you so much for sharing your story with no us. No problem. Sign a card. Sign an organ donor card. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Sandy, Thank for having you, us. Sandy. We appreciate it so much.